0: The work hours for a professional working in athletics can fluctuate. That's why the University of Cincinnati Online designed a Master of Sports Administration program that is both flexible and 100% online. Connect and build relationships with other students, alumni working in athletics, and their experienced staff. The best part? You can graduate in as little as one year. Unsure about going back to school? UC Online has a team of student success coordinators ready to guide you from start to graduation. Reach out and learn more about UC Online today. Do you really think that you are not in position to negotiate a proper salary or ask for a reasonable raise? You are wrong. I'm going to share with you seven tips to help you make sure you get what you're worth. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. As many of you may know, I am a product of the 90s. I went to college in the 90s. I started my career in the 90s. That was my generation that I really dug into music and everything that was going on in that era. So one of my favorite bands is Pearl Jam. Love Pearl Jam, love Nirvana. It's cliche for the 90s, but it's still music that I love. And I laughed this week as I interviewed Jamal Walton from the University of Washington. And I relate it this way. Pearl Jam... And I lived in Seattle for 10 years, so like that era, that that region, all of that is really important to me. Nonetheless, Pearl Jam has a song, elderly woman behind the counter in a small town. I seem to recognize your face. And when they perform it live, they say, you know, coming up next, the longest song in the Pearl Jam title catalog. And I laughed this week as I was interviewing Jamal Walton because I kept thinking to myself, the longest title in the history of college athletics. His title is Senior Associate Athletic Director for Sports Administration and Strategic Initiatives. Imagine fitting that on a business card. Now, that's the preamble to say, this was an awesome interview, like really good. We dug so deep into name, image, and likeness, which is one of the most important things happening in college sports right now. And he's, that's one of his big strategic initiatives that he's in charge of, but we're two years into it now. So there's so much, you know, we had so much speculation of what would happen with NIL. He's living it. He's seeing it. We had a deep dive into how it's really affecting college athletics. But even more importantly, if you want to work in college athletics or in athlete marketing or in any kind of recruiting capacity, that knowledge is incredibly important. He was getting into the fact that to really advance in college athletics now, you have to know NIL. You have to know all those details. So for those of you that listen and are really interested in college athletics or those of you that are inter- really interested in athlete marketing or agency or any of these massive parts of our industry, this conversation coming up on Wednesday with Jamal is going to blow your socks off. But today is Monday, which means we're handling a fan question. And this one comes in from Joan in Tennessee. Hey, Brian, I'm 25 years old, and I've been working in the finance world for about five years now. I listened to one of your podcast episodes about career changing into sports and was really inspired to make a move. I'm wondering, how much leverage do I have to negotiate salary, and what advice do you have for this process? Joanne, I think this is a really important question, because people leave money on the table by not negotiating. I'll say that one more time. This is really important because if you don't negotiate, you're leaving money on the table. And often that will hurt you in the long run, that your ultimate ceiling of how much you're able to earn will be dampened because where you start matters. Think about it in like the uh, NFL draft, for example, Tom Brady drafted in the sixth round, Peyton Manning drafted number one overall. When you look at their career earnings in a shorter period of time, Peyton Manning made more money. Because he started out from a higher level and Tom Brady, it took three or four years to get up to that elite level where you start matters. So that's a really important part of this process. Negotiation, whether it's for salary or benefits or anything, as far as a full compensation package often comes down to leverage supply and demand, simple economics. And when you're first starting out in a career, especially like sports, where there's a high supply of people who want to work in this industry, which means you don't have a ton of leverage. But you can still be creative in what you ask for. You can still build leverage and start to layer that into conversations in your near future. I think for each individual, you have to kind of feel out where you are. And I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. I do think you have to negotiate and you have to ask. We're going to get into that next. But you also have to be very understanding of the situation and not put yourself into a corner where you end up with nothing. So I want you to just be early career, really be thinking through what's most important to you and try to achieve the salary that you want, but also be understanding you don't have a ton of leverage right now. And then if you're early to mid-career, like Juwan's example, where he's 25, he's got some experience, you do have more leverage. You can play this game a little bit more. So let's dig into this in a more nuanced way. The number one mistake that most people make when negotiating salary is accepting the first offer. 85% of people who countered on salary or other compensation or benefits got at least some of what they were asking for, according to a 2022 study by Fidelity. If you don't ask for it, you can't get it. You don't have to make it a demand, like I will not accept this position unless you pay me X, but you can know what the market demand is, know what you bring to the table and ask for more or different. And more isn't always salary. We're always going to get it. We're going to get into that later too. It isn't always salary. There's always ways that you can get additional things that may still make the, the employer feel comfortable and you feel like you're getting something in the end too that will benefit you. But negotiating for salary will earn you more income now and will pay off in the future, like I was saying. So just be really, really willing to consider counter offering, you know, making some asks during this process. Don't just fly out of the gate and accept the first answer. And I say that as somebody who did this multiple times in their career. There were so many times where I was so excited to be wanted. They are offering me the job. Oh my gosh, they think I'm good. They think I'm worthy. So I'm just going to accept it and I'll show up on Monday. And I look back and I say, I wish I would have pushed a little differently or I wish I would have asked for a couple different things, even a little bit, Uh, and I didn't. So I'm I'm giving you this advice now because I want you to do better than I ever did. Mistake number two, revealing how much you would accept. We see this a lot. You have to know going into this process what your expenses are, your living expenses, and then what you would bring in, your bring home after taxes, after benefits, after everything, and make sure you're comfortable with that analysis. I had a job offer one time uh, when I was in Seattle. Actually, it was I, I was in Seattle for 10 years. I left. I was in Denver and got another job offer to go back to Seattle. And it was a really good job offer. That number sounded really good. Like, whoa, you're willing to pay me that? That sounds awesome. But when I started going through the numbers of the cost of living expenses, what it would cost on a per month basis, it turned out like I was going to be negative $32 each month. So my, my point in this is you have to know that number. You have to know what it costs for you to exist somewhere, have a minimum that you want to make above that. You should have that in your head. That doesn't mean you need to share that with the employer. If you get asked, what is your desired salary on a job application, try leaving it blank. Or if you have to put something in there, put in negotiable. Or if a number is required, put in 000 or 999. I know this seems like you're trying to, you're you're not answering the question, but I think giving in your minimum there, and I've talked to a lot of people on this, I think giving in your minimum there is uh, is setting the stage for the conversation and is going to take away your leverage right away. So one stipulation, if you're asking for a raise, you should come with a number. You should have a where you want to be based on the data that you see and what your contributions are. For this specific question, when you're negotiating a first-off salary, I just don't want you to lay those cards on the table yet. I don't want you to put out there exactly what you want. We want to be have this be a negotiation and we want them, the employer, to make the first offer. Let them make the first move. Mistake number three is leaving data behind. Most compensation decisions are data-driven. Whether you're a big company or a small company or something in between, employers work their numbers on what they're willing to offer on salary based on data. There are easily accessible tools that employers use to do comparative packages to say, for this job title in this region, what is the range of salaries? And then they have a mindset for themselves like, We want to be at 70% of that range, or we want to be in the 90th percentile of that range. There's always some wiggle room in there, but these decisions tend to be data-driven. You have to go about it the same way. You have to go and do your research and start to figure out what is my value in this position and what I bring to the table and in this region that I'm working in. Now, if you're a remote worker, and this this is really important for a lot of you out there, if you're working remote, do the research for where the home base is for the company and where you are, uh, your your location is. Whichever one is the higher number you come to, make that your argument. I want you to get as much money as possible. In general, though, forgetting just a remote worker scenario for a second, you have to do as much research as you can. And there's so many different salary research tools out there. We have them at work in sports. You can go onto our site and find out. Based on job title and and zip code, what that range should be. And then there's other tools out there that you can get this information. So be armed with that as you go into any of these conversations. The number four mistake that people tend to make when in the salary negotiations is forgetting that timing is everything. I'm gonna do both sides here. If you're asking for a raise or if you're negotiating an entry, entry salary. Knowing when to begin negotiations or ask for a raise is just as important as knowing how. For a new position, you should only be negotiating salary when they've give and they given you a compensation package already. They've made you an offer and they've declared what the salary would be. You don't want to start negotiating before that because you want the offer in hand, full package compensation. If you're asking for a raise, you have to be really aware of what's going on on a macroeconomic standpoint. How is the business doing? How is the economy? Are there layoffs? Are there other things going on that could affect your your pay? If you start to ask for a raise when the company isn't performing well, when layoffs were just conducted, when sales performance is tanked. Mm It's your supervisor's in a crazy stressful time working on some really difficult project, you're gonna fail. And then you only maybe get that one shot to be really taken seriously. So you have to really be guided by timing here. You also have to be just really aware of the tone of the conversations, whether it's for a, a raise or for your initial salary, you have to know when to push away. Because you're only going to alienate the hiring manager if you keep insisting on something they can't give you. If you keep asking for a salary that they've made very clear is not in the the cards for this position, or if you keep asking for some benefit or something that they're not willing to offer, you have to know when to walk away and say, either I'm willing to accept this, or I'm not, what you have to do is be somewhat agile in these situations. If you are looking for a certain salary and it becomes clear you can't get that, start to look at other things that could be benefits to you. Maybe there's a gym membership. Maybe there's a different contribution level to 401ks. Maybe there's more vacation you can negotiate. That all adds to your total compensation. So look for other ways to make up that delta sometimes if it becomes clear that salary is not going to be on the table or maybe not reach the level you want and you're still interested in this job. But there may hit a time when you're like, these numbers don't work for me. And you have to push yourself away. I did that in my earlier example in Seattle. I didn't take that gig. I had an offer another time up in Boston, my hometown, somewhere I would have loved to have worked. Didn't pencil. I pushed away. I negotiated, I tried, I asked, I didn't get it. So I was willing to push away and look for something else. You have to be willing to do that too. Mistake number five is blindsiding your supervisor. These are conversations that should happen face-to-face or if you're applying for a job and interviewing and that sort of thing, it may be over the phone. But through email is not an effective way to start to negotiate or have a mature conversation about your, your salary or, or your desire for a raise. That will give you an opportunity to read their body language too. You may see complete exasperation from them right away and know, oh boy, maybe my timing was really off. You may see them being receptive and nodding and thinking about, yeah, you are a really valued employee, and this is somebody that I want to keep and I'm willing to, to work with. You know, you're know, you just going to learn a lot more by having these conversations in, in person, and it shows a level of maturity that is wanted by those, those employees that we want to advance. If I want to advance staffers, I want them to have a certain level of, of maturity an ability to have difficult conversations. If I'm going to put them in a management role, for example, they need to be able to have difficult conversations with the people that report to them. If they can't have a difficult conversation with me, they're not going to be able to have a difficult conversation with their, empl- their employees. So if you're looking for these things, you have to be willing to take on the uncomfortable and have that person-to-person conversation. And that's especially when you're asking for a raise. If you are negotiating an initial initial salary, it's best on the on the phone or video making as best eye contact as you can with that person not doing it through email you want to be taken as seriously as possible mistake number 6 is letting your emotions come into this process this is not a personal situation you may think it is you may think it aligns with your needs as a person but really this is a business decision how much an organization is willing to pay you or able to pay you is not about your feelings. It is not a judgment. It is not some sort of a declaration for who you are or who you're ever going to be. This is a business decision. So do not make it personal. Don't go into it with the mindset that you deserve more money. Maybe you do in your head, but that is not what's going to get you more money. Please discuss all of this in a very non emotional manner rely on the data, rely on the time that you've been there, rely on the impact that you've made, rely on the skills that you bring to the organization, your versatility, you're willing to take on more. Those are the kind of discussions that will push this forward. Not that your expenses have gotten higher, your personal expenses are getting higher and you need to make up that gap. You can't say, because it's time, I've been here long enough. No, that's not why. It's accomplishments, it's achievements, it's about growth, it's about improvement, it's about data and demand. Handle it like a business negotiation. Have data and have reasonings behind why you think you deserve more. Make a strong case and you will be taken seriously. Go on petty reasons like your expenses have gone up or I've been here long enough or somebody else is making more. Will not You will not be heard. It will not go well for you. And finally, mistake number seven, thinking it's just about the money. I kind of referenced this earlier, but I want to dig in a little bit deeper. We all want more money. I, I'd love to make more money. I do really well. I'd love to make more money. I mean, come on, who wouldn't? I drive around, I look at bigger houses and I'm like, that looks nice. I see somebody with a pool. And I'm like, that looks like fun. You know, like I, we all dream of certain things. I mean, that's to be expected. Doesn't mean you're going to get it because you dream, you know, we all want. It's okay. It's part of the human condition, but there are other things you can negotiate and get real value from benefits are very expensive. Even though your company will pay for them, you hope, you still pay a portion of them. Maybe you can negotiate how much they pay. You know, Maybe they can contribute more in that realm. Or maybe if they're not contributing at all, they can contribute more. Or maybe they can contribute more to their four, your 401k. There's all different ways you can start to be creative. We share a lot of them on our site. We have a lot of different ideas there. I've given you a few. But if you really consider other ways to establish value, I think you can end up being happy through a negotiation and feel like you're making progress. And sometimes a manager will say something like, listen, I cannot change your salary right now. We're not in that position as a company, but here's what I can do. And you have to take that as a win because they're trying to do what they can to keep you. I think one of the analysis that happens when you're a, a boss and a manager, and I've been managing people for a long time, is somebody will come in and want to negotiate their salary or they'll you'll be negotiating with somebody when they're starting a new job and the first thing you think of is, am I willing to lose this person? And is there anything I can do? And you, have, you go through that analysis. And I mean, chances are, if they're not willing to lose you, they're going to try to do something you know, to make you feel more fulfilled or, or satisfy those needs if they can. They still might be bound by it. They still might be, especially right now in a, in a weird economic status and so a lot of things on hold most employees or employers are going to try to do what they can to keep you. And that might come in other ways. And you have to take that as a win and say, all right, thank you. This is growth for me. We'll pick this up again on salary in the future, maybe. So just be willing to take what you can and see that as incremental progress. So Juwan, this is a long way of saying you do have some leverage, but just understanding some of this of... You know, not accepting the first offer, coming with data and really understanding where your value is, being open to other opportunities for, for value, you'll be a much happier position at the end. So take these things, put them to work, and I think you'll find yourself getting through this well. And thank you for continuing to listen to all our content. Tune in to Jamal Walton, Senior Associate Athletic Director for Sports Administration and Strategic Initiatives at the University of Washington. Ugh, longest title ever. On Wednesday, because it's a great, great interview. Thank you, everybody and I will see you then.